The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Deep down the middle, has got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! Yeah, yeah. It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give it to his house and a red flag. SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Hope you are having a great, great morning. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center studio. It is Monday. It is the best day of the week. It is six minutes past the top of the hour. Woo-woo! New week. New week. Lots to get to this morning. What a weekend. What a weekend. What a weekend. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Today's a great day to have a great day. Simple as that. It's a great day to have a great day. There's not a better day than today to have a great one. And we appreciate you spending your morning with us from 7 to 10 a.m. Our number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. HappyHiller.com. Man, let's get right into it. Let's not waste any time. We got a lot to get to today. Taking your phone calls on the Irish Network's hotline, 865-255-03. You can use the text box on the free Swain Event app. Let's get Ben in here. Got somebody on the phone? Look, we gotta go. Put him on hold. We gotta go. 
We'll talk to you on, on, the, on the air. Let's get it. Let's get it, Ben. They want to talk on the air or they want to chit-chat off the line? Let's get it. We got North Georgia ball. Let's go, North Georgia ball. Good morning. Because I'm hyped. And this is the way I talk, man. Like Volstor. Turn that down. Let's get let's get North Georgia Vol on here. North Georgia Vol, good morning. Morning. Good morning, sir. Uh, I just wanted to come and read a poem from one of my favorite philosophers. I think you might know him. And it goes a little something like this. He said, Man, I really blanking hate. Like, with a blanking passion, each and every one of them. Like, I don't blank them blank. And that's all I got, boys. Y'all have a good one, and go Vols. All right. All right, all right. That's what y'all talking about the whole time over there, Ben? No. He, he was having some technical issues with his phone. I could not make out what he was saying. It's all good. It's he, all he good. Couldn't, he couldn't hear me. It's all good. Well, <laughs> Tennessee, man, doing a team that you pay the way you're supposed to do a team. 60 to 14, my goodness. That's what I'm talking about. It was a cold night as um, we got closer and closer to the end of the football game. Uh, but kneeling, night, kneeling, night and kneeling, kneeling and night, night and kneeling. Uh, was fantastic. The game time experience was was really cool. The light show was as great as it was against Ole Miss. The only difference is you had more people in the stadium, uh, but the in-game experience was really, really, really cool, just like the weather. Ben, your overall thoughts on the game? Nice stat game for everybody. It was. Uh, that That's what I took out of it. It was just a really nice performance in terms of everybody handling business the way that they should, both on on offense and and on defense, even on special teams with with Valus Jones. So there, there were two storylines for me that I took away: a Tennessee dominated an opponent the way that it should, and b Tennessee's going to a bowl game, which is a much deeper, separate conversation. But the fact that this team is going to a bowl game after the offseason that it had is pretty remarkable. And it's doing so with arguably the toughest schedule in the country. So that, that to me was the, the second storyline that doesn't necessarily go along with the game. And, and it was expected and whatnot, but still just a, a huge accomplishment for this football program. But within the game... Just uh, an awesome, efficient performance. Hendon Hooker was awesome. All three main running backs that got to carry the ball, Jabari Small, Jalen Wright, Laneith Whitehead, I thought they all ran well. The receivers, at least most of them, had a really nice performance, uh, particularly Valus Jones and Javante Payton, or uh, not Javante Payton, but Cedric Tillman. It was nice to see Payton out there, tells me that, he, he has a legit shot to be a legitimate contributor in the bowl game, and that injury is not going to bug him too much. Um, Ramel Keaton had a couple of plays. Uh, offensive line did what they were supposed to do. Just a really efficient 
outing. The defense lived in South Alabama's backfield. <laughs> and that South Alabama receiver, Jalen Tolbert, he, he's an NFL guy. He, he, he's going to play in the league for, for a couple years, if not more than that, in, in my opinion. He, he was awesome, and, and quite frankly, Tennessee didn't have anybody <laughs> that could defend him. When he started going to Singapore. Bowl. Yes, I mean, he, he is – and not because the Senior Bowl is played in South Alabama's home stadium. That that cat would be going to, to the Senior Bowl regardless of what school he played for. He he is really, really good. And South Alabama, I know they're five and six, but I, I think they're a, a really solid non-Power 5 team um, that, that is going to try to go to a bowl game this this week with a win and – this is despite their starting quarterback being injured, and, and they've lost several games, several close games, that that maybe makes them look worse than than what their record indicates. So I think I think it's a nice blowout win over a, a really solid opponent, considering the circumstances, and and just a good day for the program. Yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of uh, transfers. You know, the running back was a former five-star running back from the Atlantic coast that wound up going, actually he's from New Jersey, wound up going to, to Michigan and then transferred to Mississippi State and then transferred from Mississippi State, and he's at South Alabama, um, Kareem Walker. And that's weird because I remember when Butch and, and Robert Gillespie was here and me having a really good friend that was his mentor. And like trying to recruit him here to Tennessee, and that felt like forever to go. I guess he came in the same year as John Fulkerson came in Tennessee, which feels like you know two decades ago. But like just noticing noticing him, um, it was it was like deja vu. Like wow, um, that that receiver, just like I said in the you know pregame show, the Big Orange Countdown, they're on Ball Network that he was going to use Tennessee to try to make some money. And he did. If you are a Tennessee DB, understand that the ball's coming your way. Like, they're going to throw it to him 10, 15 times. But, my goodness, the one-handed catches, like, I didn't I didn't think he was going to put us on SportsCenter. But, but he did that, and he's a good player. And uh, like you said, Ben, he is going to play on Sundays. And I can see him playing for – for a while, he is going to be at the Senior Bowl. Um, it's not just because of where he plays, but it's it's how he plays. He plays, you know, at a high level, and I think he can play at any SEC school. Now he's he's that good. So um, good win, just like every other win on the schedule. You take care of business against a team that you're supposed to take care of. Yes, this game should have been a, a noon game when you look at. The temperatures falling and dropping um, that night, but hey, you can only play the game that's scheduled. And that's what these players did. That's what these coaches did. Uh, they coached this game up just like it was Georgia or Alabama, and found ways to get the ball to their playmakers. And Valus Jones, and this is something that we thought he should be doing going back to last year, Ben, because of his ability to return. On a punt return, kick return, his change of direction is awesome. He's strong. He always is falling. He's always falling forward. And I'm glad that this staff was able to use him 
the way he's supposed to be used. Now, early in the season, staff trying to figure out who to rely on, who to go to. So, you know, you didn't see you didn't see Velas uh, in the spots that he were, that he was in later on the season. But man, what a, what a game for him! What a game for him, man. He gonna he gonna need some icy hot, some Bengay, and all that good stuff because I know he is sore from putting up almost 300 yards in total offense. Yeah, I mean, so so many great performances from from so many different guys. Cedric Tillman, that that deep ball catch that he had. I I I tweeted it out when he made the catch. I'm I'm running out of ways to describe the season that Cedric Tillman is is having. I mean, he is he's automatic at this point. He is he is as much of a safety valve for Hendon Hooker as any receiver is for any quarterback in the country. I I truly believe that Hendon wasn't in trouble a ton, really at all, uh, against South Alabama in terms of, of being under pressure. He, he did not make one throw under pressure. Uh, was sacked three times, uh, and, and when South Alabama was able to generate pressure, it, it was a result. It resulted in a sack. Uh, the the Hail Mary attempt at the end of the half was the first sack. Uh, there was a second sack in which there's nothing open downfield, and Hooker tried to take off and go scramble, and um, don't know that it was necessarily Dane Davis's fault because of how long he had already been blocking by the time Hooker tried to take off and go run, but Hooker essentially ran right into the sack when he was trying to escape the pocket and, and go go scramble. So that was the second one. And then the, thir- the third one was when Joe Milton was in the game, and uh, it was uh, just a complete breakdown of a second-team offensive line. So my point is that South Alabama didn't generate a ton of pressure, and, and uh, Hooker didn't have to rely on his safety valve. That is Cedric Tillman, but he's as trustworthy as, as anybody in the country right now catching the ball and that catch that he made down the sideline on that deep ball was just incredible but what I liked about Saturday's game and this is the way that it should be against South Alabama Swain it it was more than just the superstars that balled out it it was guys that you you hadn't really seen play consistently this season have big games Roman Harrison played really well Jacob Warren and Princeton Fant played their best game of the season in my opinion and what I liked from Jacob Warren, that he was an even better blocker in the running game than he was a pass catcher. I, I loved seeing that. He had some big-time blocks that, that sprung um, some big-time runs from Jabari Small and Jalen Wright. DeJon Terry played really well. Uh, I mentioned the freshman backs kind of off the top. Jalen Wright, Lenith Whitehead, I thought they ran pretty well. Karat Garland, he, he lived in the backfield. So that, that's what I liked. More than more than anything is like yeah, Valus had his great performance and and Hooker did and and Tillman did and and Theo Jackson had some really big tackles out in space while fighting blocks on on some screens. Your, your, your superstars did what they've been doing all season, but then you had some some younger guys, guys that haven't been playing a ton. They balled out as well. What 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 Tennessee did is what you're supposed to do. Yes, I mean, I like I like that you highlighted everybody. That they made plays because it's true they did make make plays, but that's what they're supposed to do when you're playing against South Alabama. That's what we wanted to see. We wanted to see more guys, more faces, more numbers, more dudes that did not play early in the season play in this game and 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 play at a high level, and make plays, and that's what you do when you play against a team that's inferior. But man, 
that was not all that was happening on the hill this weekend. A lot was going on. What a busy sports weekend. Before we go to break, I want you to think about this. How would you grade your sports weekend? Think about your sports weekend grade, your teams, pro, college. What is your grade for the sports weekend? I know I have mine. I know Ben has his. We're asking you, your sports grade, we'll cover when we come back. Swain Event Fuel by Daddy and Barbecue, 865-255-03. Be right back. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. 
Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to ATFCU.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. With smartphones being such an integral part of our daily lives, it is truly an inconvenience when it doesn't work properly. It disrupts the normalcy of our day. When you go into the cell phone store to have it repaired, they just try to upsell you on a new phone. That's why the owner of iDrop, TKL, left those places and opened iDrop. His goal is a happy customer. TKL and the team will listen to what you have going on and work to solve the problem of your broken device in a way that best suits your needs. Instead of trying to upsell you on something that you just don't need. They don't just repair phones. They can service your laptop or PC as well as your Mac. Windows 7 support is over, but iDrop can help you transition to Windows 10. They have a five-star rating on Google with hundreds of positive reviews. Let me say that again. I don't think y'all understand how big this is. They have a five-star rating on Google. Their customer service really speaks for itself. So if you ever find yourself with a device that isn't performing as it should, give iDrop a call at 865-888-9740 or check them out on Facebook at iDrop of Knoxville. If man made it, they can fix it. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Yeah, great, great just sports weekend. I, th- I thought it was a really good weekend for um, just sports. Had a lot of stuff going on, football, basketball uh, for Tennessee. I thought it was a good weekend for Tennessee fans. I know for Titans fans, that was rough. That was rough. A team that was playing the best football in the AFC and – it just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. You lose at home to the Texans in that fashion. Doesn't make any sense. So I know the Titans fans are feeling a certain type of way uh, about about their weekend. But Ben, just man, give me your your grade on the weekend. Just your sports fan grade. Uh, I'd go like C plus or B minus. I when when you asked that question going to break, I was like, oh, you no, know, it, it was a pretty good sports weekend. 
Which it still was, but I, I was thinking like B plus, A minus, but then I got to thinking and like Tennessee did what it was supposed to do against South Alabama. Mm-hmm. So so that didn't move the needle mm-hmm. for my sports fandom this particular weekend. Tennessee football did not move move my, my needle a ton. I, I felt good, good vibes. I, I'm happy about Tennessee football this this mon- Monday, better than the alternative, better to watch that performance in year one of Josh Heupel than to watch year one under Butch Jones when Tennessee needed a Brian Randolph interception in the back of the end zone to seal its win over South Alabama. I, I'd much rather beat South Alabama 60-14 to 14 than I think it was 30-24. to 24. What was that 2013 game against South Alabama in year one? Under Butch, it was a one touchdown game. Yeah, needed that Brian Randolph interception. Out South Alabama was driving on that final drive of the game, and I, I thought they were going to punch it in and score. And Brian Randolph was able to come up with an interception. So, don't get me wrong; I still appreciate Tennessee taking care of business, and it, it was a fun performance to watch on, on Saturday night. But it, it just didn't really move the needle for me a ton, uh, and. I was still kind of frustrated and PO'd from from the basketball game. Uh, Tennessee getting blown out by by Villanova that that really ruined my my mood there for a couple of hours uh, until the football game started. Uh, but Sunday Sunday for the most part yesterday was 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 really awesome, really fun to watch the Lady Vols take care of business and pick up a big top 25 win, just a, a really impressive win. And, and we talked about it on Friday, I think it was, or late last week. But what what they have done to start the season and, and be 4-0, and I know it hasn't been the prettiest, but it hasn't been the prettiest because of the injury situation that Kelly Harper is dealing with. And yet they are still 4-0 with two top 25 wins and a road win over a, a solid UCF team. So what what Kelly has been able to do to start the season and, and that team and Jordan Horson and Tamar Key just dominating performances yesterday. Tamar Key had a triple double. Uh, Jordan Horston had twenty five and fifteen, I think it was. Twenty five yep. points, fifteen 28. rebounds, twenty eight and fifteen. I mean, just spectacular. That was fun. And, and that literally led into the men's game. I thought it was really neat that Lady Vols were on ESPN and then the, the men's team was on ESPN right after them and just absolutely took care of business against against North Carolina. And I don't think that's a very good North Carolina team. I mean, I, I think that they'll make the tournament, but I, I think it's going to be a, a very ho-hum type of season for North Carolina. But it, it, it's still always fun to beat those blue bloods in, in college basketball. It, it, th- those type of wins where you beat the North Carolinas of the world, I don't care what, what they are doing. It, it's still fun to, to, to notch that and, and put that on your resume. Zakai Ziegler was so much fun to watch. Kennedy Chandler, they, they, they've got some real fun players. Santiago Vescovi was, was, was fun to watch. Um, so I, I was feeling good and the, the the Steelers losing to the Chargers last night obviously downgraded my overall grade a, a smidge, but I, like I still I still have positive feelings about that football game because the Steelers were able to overcome all the injuries on defense and and fight back and almost have a, a chance to to win that that football game. Just 
unfortunate that that you have so many guys out on defense and you have practice squad players playing that you've never heard of before and they're they're just not going to slow down Justin Herbert and and that passing game so uh I'd, I'd say B minus yeah I'm going I'm going I'm going solid B for for me um my NFL team, the Bears didn't win. Justin Fields got hurt, but just my Tennessee, man, what a what a weekend! You take care of business against against South Alabama. You do what you're supposed to do. It was fun. Um, everyone got a chance to play, make plays, and 60 points is always what you want to do when you're playing those type of games. So that was good. The, the men's game against Villanova was not surprising to me. It was frustrating. It was frustrating as all get out. Villanova can, you know, they're experienced. They can shoot it. And we have a lot of new guys. It was our first test against a really good team. First test against a really good team. And what was surprising is, what was surprising was, and I should have, you know, not set myself up for this, but, Kenny Chandler didn't have, you know, he had a freshman day. But the response, oh, boy, the response gets me excited mm-hmm. because this coaching staff and these players made an adjustment. I mean, a quick, fast adjustment. And then the next day they go out and we see the Chandler, Vescovy, and Ziegler trio, and that's a – that's a fun trio. It reminds me of the Auburn um, team that had with Bryce Brown and uh, the little point guard. It was a little point guard there. Remember him? Remember his name? Oh, with, yeah. With, uh, Chuma Okiki. Chuma Okiki. And um, they had a small-looking backcourt, but, boy, they were quick, and they can shoot it. They can fill it up. And I think this – group has a chance to do that from the guard perspective. All three of those guys can shoot it. Uh, they're a little lightning ball of energy, and they compete. You know, Zakai competes his butt off. Uh, Santiago competes his butt off. And Kennedy diving for loose balls. I mean, those just was just competitors. And they're going to play. Like, those three players had the most minutes out of everybody yesterday. And I think that's the way it's going to be. It needs to be. It needs to be. Now, it's still early. It's still early. I don't know if North Carolina's going to be a good team or not. You know, they got some They got some nice pieces. They also have transfers, just like we do. So it's really hard to know if, if North Carolina's going to be good or bad at this point of the season. It's so early, and there's so much basketball to be played. But they have they have the ability to be really good. And so that was a good win against a, a team with, with a lot of talent. Uh, it is Hubert Davis' first year as the head coach, but that North Carolina team, if they you know played better, made some more shots, they probably would have been in a better situation in that game. But, man, Tennessee just brought the fight. Tennessee just brought the fight, just adjusted so well, and I like that lineup. I really do a lot. Now, someone that's going to be – might want to wake up. Might want to wake up. Or he's going to get all of his minutes taken? Victor Bailey Jr. Victor Bailey Jr. He's not the only one that needs to wake up. He better wake up because... He didn't play a minute in the second half. Man, that... Well, 
think it was a Villanova game where he had to turn over and then he assumed that it was going to be a backcourt and Villanova wasn't going to run and hustle and get that ball. And he was trotting. Ooh, that play made me mad. He came out quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah, that play made me mad too. But that's going to – he better wake up because his minutes are going to dwindle. And you just mentioned it didn't play a minute there in the second half. But, man, this team was fun to watch against North Carolina. Um, they got blitzed a little bit against a veteran team in Villanova. I'm not worried about this team at all. It's basketball. Like, it's basketball. It's the first, first big game with all these new pieces – and they bounced back quick and made adjustments. That's that's what excites me. And then the Lady Vol game, Ben, oh, man. So Saturday, I took my girls to the football game. We didn't make it the whole game. It was cold. <laughs> Very cold. So we, we, we left like in the second quarter. Sorry. Not, not, a, not a ton of people made it through the entire game. Yeah, I saw, saw that. You know, I saw the crowd watching on TV when I got home, but – you know, second quarter is, is you know, my, my kids are out there for pregame, the Big Orange Countdown. You know, we did the, the pregame there in the stadium. Uh, the, they got a chance to see the band. Team run through the tee. All the in-game um, things, the music, <laughs> the light show. Like, they, they had a ball. They loved it. But they got cold. It was time, it was time to go. Um, but we got a chance to do that. And then... Because you can go to the girls' game with just your Tennessee football ticket, we did that. So we went to the girls' game, and we got a chance to witness a a great game. Um, Renata, not Renata, but Ray Burrell hurt, not playing. The team could have used Renata Davis, but Jordan Horson stepped up, and she had some Renata Davis type of plays, especially rebounding with. 15 rebounds. She played like a warrior. She put this team on her back. Um, man, it was it was it was good to see Tamara Key. She was dominant in the paint. She had 18 rebounds, had a ton of blocks. She was a force in the paint. She fouled out. But man, this team, you know, I went to go talk to Alexis Hornbuckle there, you know, um, I guess in the by the concessions, I was getting my, my girl some popcorn. And I was talking to Alexis Hornbuckle and just just kicking it a little bit and uh, Ryan Childress and man just just shooting the shooting the ish. Hey, how you doing, man? How you folks? Hey, I, I get back to my seat and Tennessee's down by double digits. Like what happened? Because we were up or close at halftime, but Texas jumped out on top. Did a really good job of defending us on the ball. In the first half, but man, Tennessee just fought back, fought back, fought back um, behind Jordan Horston. She was she was amazing, and then this team um, just turned it on even more in overtime. It was it was fun, man. It was a really fun game. Uh, a, a a weekend where they honored and and um, we had Tamika Catchings you know, there in attendance, and it was just an amazing tribute that they played on the big screen for her. Just so many feels going through that stadium. It was cool, man. It was just a great great weekend. Um, for for Tennessee athletics, so I give I, I give my, I give it a B, man. The the blowout of Villanova hurt, yes. but it's basketball. You know, a couple shots here. That that game is totally different. I think it's funny how journalists and editors put titles on stories because 
Tennessee, you go look at the headlines. Tennessee was routed by Villanova, but Tennessee beat down North Carolina by the same margin almost. And Tennessee just beat North Carolina. They didn't route North Carolina, but they just beat North Carolina. No, they routed North Carolina. Uh, But basketball is 17, 18 points. Man, we're talking a couple shots, and the game was totally different. Tennessee was absolutely terrible shooting the ball um, against Villanova, but they came back and responded. We'll take a bottom of the hour break here, hour number one. We got around the SEC. We got Attaboy. All in hour number one, 865-255-03. Stay with us. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. Dot com. 
At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Time for around the SEC this morning, 865-255-03, hour one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. We are live here from the Low T-Center studio, Ben McKee, Jason Swain, and boy, oh boy, oh boy, we got some stuff to talk about around the SEC, Ben. We do, and we will talk about those things, the main thing, in just a, a minute. want to highlight the, the scores from over the weekend, which led to the main thing. Georgia took care of business against Charleston Southern 56-7. A&M took care of Prairie View 52-3. Mississippi State took care of Eddie Georgia's Tennessee State team 55-10. Kentucky beat New Mexico State 56-16. LSU beat UL Monroe 27-14. Those were the five out-of-conference games that were being played aside from Tennessee's non-conference game. In terms of the SEC games, Arkansas-Alabama was a terrific game. Arkansas had a great chance at winning there at the end, but ultimately fall 42-35. to Bryce Young, 559 passing yards. Just absolutely letting it rip. He, he is playing terrific football. Yet there are some Alabama fans who don't think he's that good. I don't get it. What I do, they're spoiled. South Carolina beat Auburn 21-17. to Ole Miss beat Vanderbilt 31-17. to And it is now That's Vanderbilt's week. week. Um, That's weak. 31-17? That's weak. Yeah, Ole Miss was just. That's weak, man. Ole Miss looking ahead to the Egg Bowl. And the result of the weekend that led to the news of the weekend. Missouri beats Florida 24-23 to in overtime. Missouri goes for two after scoring a touchdown to tie it in overtime. And they get the two-point conversion. Missouri wins. Everybody loses their mind on both sides. Missouri thrilled. Florida fans not so thrilled, and Dan Mullen, less than 24 hours later, was fired. Dan Mullen has been fired. Chris Lowe broke that news yesterday afternoon. Hey, we know that Chris Lowe guy. Uh, Chris, Everybody or, uh, knows Chris Lowe. That's right. Dan Mullen will get his full $12 million buyout. $6 million are due within the next 60 days. 
and one million dollars a year for the next six years. No mitigation in the deal if Mullen gets a new job. Uh, Scott Strickland on firing Dan Mullen said that once you get that feeling that it's time to do something different, you need to go ahead and do it. And I woke up Sunday morning with that feeling, so we moved ahead. Greg Knox will serve as Florida's interim head coach. Florida plays Florida State this Saturday and needs a win to qualify for a bowl game. Greg Knox has been doing it for a very long time, man. He was at Auburn when I was – being recruited, being recruited, he recruited me out of, when he was at Auburn. So uh, he's been with he's been with Dan Mullen, you know, during the Mississippi State years for Dan Mullen. So he's he's a seasoned seasoned SEC coach. Hopefully he'll do a pretty good job, man. I like I like Coach Knox. I just don't like the logo that he represents. And I know Florida State smells blood in the water, blood in the water, just like South Carolina. Just like Missouri, I'm not happy about Dan Mullen being fired. No, I I had the same feeling. Like it, it's fun to watch Florida lose to South Carolina the way that it did last week. It's it's fun to watch Florida lose to to Missouri. It's fun to watch the implosion at Florida. It is very fun, but this is not a good thing for Tennessee. No, man, this is like. You know, when when Georgia decided to get rid of Mark Rick, I mean, they just they 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 know they can do a lot better, and they are not satisfied with with mediocrity, and they will make a change, even if it means buying out a coach fifteen plus million dollars, and that's going to be the case here with, with Florida. Um, I don't know who out there can put Florida back where they think they belong. I don't really know who's out there. I know. Uh, I saw the, the the hot board there from football scoop, and it included your, the same old same old coaches that we you know basically hear about every single year. <laughs> the same old same yeah, old. Yeah, you, know, you add in Bill O'Brien, who's offense coordinator at Alabama. Uh, I think he is the different name because you know, he he came from the NFL and he does have head coaching experience in college because he coached at Penn State, did a pretty good job. You know, navigating that program through this Jerry Sandusky mess, but it's the same name. It's Billy Napier. It's, it's Matt Campbell, which Matt Campbell is not a fit in Florida with what he's talking about in the last couple of days. Um, it's Luke Fickle, James Franklin. I mean, I, I mean James Franklin, dude. James Franklin is in a sweet spot right now. He is, but do you? I, I think you'll disagree with me. On this, and, and obviously that's okay. But I feel like James Franklin would be Dan Mullen 2.0 at, at Florida. Just just maybe a better re- recruiter, a significantly better recruiter. Dan Mullen just doesn't love recruiting the way that he should. And I think that's ultimately why Florida decided to go ahead and, and make this move is, is that you had the, the losses on the field were one thing, but you, you weren't bringing in any talent to, to fix these these issues on the field. I I think James Frank – so recruiting was the main issue, but also Dan Mullen has the type of personality that wears you out very quickly. And I think James Franklin has a very similar personality. He's always been one step ahead, one year ahead of where he needs to get out of somewhere. And, and I don't know. I, I kind of feel like James Franklin would be Dan Mullen 2.0 at Florida. Uh 
James Franklin is a good recruiter and yes. has done a good job recruiting at Penn State, did a hell of a job recruiting at Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and not one of James Franklin's teams have quit. He has not lost the locker room and the culture been flipped upside down like we have seen with Dan Mullen. So, no, I don't, I don't think James Franklin is, is Dan Mullen at all. Not saying that he won't be Dan Mullen or can't have some of the same results towards the end. I just feel like nothing that James Franklin has done has given me any reason to feel like he's going to be Dan Mullen 2.0. James Franklin's in a good spot because there's Florida job, there's LSU job, and there's a USC job. And James Franklin's a damn good football coach. And I think it's a reason why he is looking to leave because there's only so much you can do at Penn State. There's only so much you can do. Remember remember, everyone was questioning Josh Heupel and, oh, all he did was, was make it worse. Central Florida, he took a team that was 12-0, and 0 and, man, they regressed every year. Well, duh, you're going to regress when you win every single game before you get there, unless you go win all the games in your first year. There's only one place to go when you're at the top, knucklehead. That's to go down. And then you had, you know, COVID last year, and so his teams lost more than they did the second year. So, like, narrative was was – it was strong. Oh, man, Josh Heupel, dude, he, I don't know, man. He, he, he regressed every single year. Well, then he gets to Tennessee with better talent, even though you had all these guys transfer. And now Josh Heupel is a better head coach than he was in Central Florida. Sometimes the, the, the environment matters. Sometimes the school matters. Sometimes it does it. I'm just saying. But sometimes it does. I think you, you take James Franklin and you put him with some LSU resources or some Florida resources I don't know, maybe some USC resources out there in Southern, Southern Cal. The Pac-12 is so, ugh. And, you know, football in, in L.A. outside the, the Rams, and the Rams ain't really doing anything to get uh, anyone's attention right now with how they're playing. It's just really hard to get people's attention in L.A. Like, you want to go to a football game or do you want to hit the beach? They, they, they don't care about yeah. sports at all so it's tough. out there. That, yeah. See, that's where I think James Franklin – would be best is is USC because I, I do agree with you. Like I think James Franklin is a good coach. Please please don't get me wrong here. I just Florida fans have have so high expectations. I they mean should, I mean they should. De, yes they should. Not saying that they shouldn't, but I mean Dan Bowen's gone to three straight New Year's Six bowl games at Florida. He was he was coaching in the SEC championship game less than a year ago, and, and now he's he's fired. And, and my opinion is is that part of it is because his his personality paired with the recruiting wears on you quickly. So the moment James Franklin isn't living up to expectations at Florida, his personality is the type that that wears on you as as well. That's why I don't see him being a fit there. Whereas like at USC, he can be that great recruiter and be the salesman that he is. And USC, I know it's crazy because it's USC, but USC needs a salesman right now. And I, I think James Franklin would, would be the best fit out there. Let's, uh, let's go to the phones, man. Looks like the phone lines are, are litty. So let's go to the phones, 865 uh, Who we got? Liddy, huh? Liddy. Yeah, you hung around your kids too much this, they didn't this say, weekend. They don't say that. That's probably good. Yeah, that, yes, you're right. They don't say that. Uh, we got Coy and Macon and then Jay. Coy, good morning. Coy's Liddy. Hey, what's going on, guys? Y'all doing all right? We are great, man. Good, good. Glad to hear it, man. So that's, I was calling in to uh, talk a little bit about the uh, 
part of the situation. Um, kind of touched on the things I was going to say, but one name that uh, <clears throat> that I was going to throw out there that kind of scares me uh, a little bit. I want to see what y'all thought would be Stoops from Kentucky, man. I mean, that's that's one guy that I feel like has really built a uh, program that didn't have much to work with. And, uh, I mean, I think at a place like Florida, he would be a, a top-tier coach. Uh, but just kind of want to see what y'all's thoughts were on that. I mean, I ain't scared. I think he's a good coach. And I think with better resources, he you know may have more success. But I'll be surprised if Florida goes, you know, a stoops. I think when you look at the landscape of the SEC right now, and LSU won their last championship, putting up a lot of points. Alabama last year put up a lot of points. Florida, I just don't see them going the, the Will Muschamp route. And Stoops has been solid, but I don't know if he is ready to, to do a Florida. I don't, I don't know about that one. I don't, I don't think that's going to – I don't know about that one. That, that, that don't make sense to me. I would be relieved if Florida hires Mark Stoops. <laughs> I would be relieved. I, I really would. I think Mark Stoops is is a is a great coach, but he he would not scare me at all at Florida. I mean, I I think that he would he would be successful at, at Florida. I, I don't think that he would he would bomb out at, at Florida. Uh, I I think that he would be more successful than the last three coaches. I, I do think that. I, I think he'd be more successful than Dan Mullen, than Will Muschamp, and Jim McElwain because. He's going to instill toughness and accountability into that culture, which Florida needs that right now. And he's going to recruit. Mark Mark Stoops can recruit, and that, that's where I think the better resources would come into play for him. So I think he would be a good coach there. I just don't think he's a championship level coach, and I am perfectly okay with Florida hiring somebody who is not offensive minded in in a day and age where it feels like you, you kind of have to be offensive minded first and, and and foremost I mean Mark, Mark Stoops still hasn't really figured out the whole offensive side of the ball as, as a head coach they, they've gotten better on offense but what, what are we year eight year or so with, with Stoops at Kentucky and again it's gotten better on the offensive side of the ball throughout his tenure but still not great Stoops wouldn't Stoops would not do Stoops will not coach a 2009 Florida season where they went 11 and two and went to the SEC championship and was a game away from being in the national championship conversation. Like I just don't see Stoops doing that. Is that what Muschamp did in his first year? No, that's what Mullen did last year. You said that uh, oh. the Stoops would be the Stoops would would be better than than Mullen. Did you not? Yes, I, yes. Yeah, he wouldn't. But like, see, Stoops ain't doing that. I'm sorry, Stoops ain't Stoops ain't winning more than eleven games or eleven games in Florida. I just don't see it with with the way he is coached at Kentucky and the, some of the decisions that he made and, and not being able to get it together offensively. Ah, he'll be solid. I mean, he'll he'll win, you know, nine ten games. But I don't think he'll he'll threaten anybody with a championship run. But I, I mean, I hope they hire. See, him, to be it, honest. If you've put Mark Stoops, head coach of that Florida team last year, they, they don't they don't they don't waste a, a Heisman candidate. They don't get to, they don't get to that point with Stoops as a head coach. Uh, last year's SEC East, you do. I mean, it's not like the SEC East has been super tough. Mullen's a play caller. They don't even get to that point. I I just like Florida underperformed last year, even despite making it to the SEC championship game. That that team left a lot on the table. Right. Ever since that 
Marco Wilson shoe toss against LSU, it, it was it was downhill from from there. You lost to a, a an LSU team last year that that you shouldn't have. You bombed out in in the bowl game, and you, you should have done more with Kyle Trask and, and Kyle Pitts than you did. And it was because you didn't have a great culture in place, and and because you had a, a really piss poor defense and like I just don't feel like that that would be an an issue now I again I I don't think Stoops is going to be a great hire I sat here and said I'd be relieved if if Florida hires Stoops because I I think Florida can do far better than Stoops I I just think Stoops would be better than the last three that they've had let's go back to the phones and let's get to Jay Jay good morning hey man sign me up for Mark Stoops at, at Florida yes 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 yeah, I just, I, mean, I just, I don't, I just don't think that's, gonna, I don't think that's going to happen. So I, no. that's why I, I'm really not taking taking it serious. Bruce Feldman yeah. listed him. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either, Swain. But yeah, I'd be all for it. Um, you know, guys, this this uh, Dan Mullen getting fired just kind of had me thinking about every every new coach that is hired at a school is the right guy for the job. Like fans will find something to latch on to that's positive about them mm-hmm. you know and, and twitter is a great archive because you can see the last three coaches that we've had there's a point in time where a majority of this fan base thought that Derek dooley and butch jones and jeremy pruitt were the right guy for the job the guy that's going to bring us back to be in tennessee again mm-hmm. and it just really made me realize that you you never really know in the first three, four years of a coach's tenure, even if they're having success, if they're truly the right guy. I mean, Dan Mullen, his first year, took a four and seven foot. We talk about what Josh Heupel's done. Dan Mullen took a four and seven football team his first year, won 10 games, and went to the Sugar Bowl. You know, last year, up until the LSU game, he was breaking all kinds of records. He went to Atlanta, uh, you know, went to the SEC championship. He he didn't have a – he had a lot of really good moments, moments that Tennessee fans would kill for right now, given where our program's been. But you know what? He ended up not being the right guy for the job. And it's just it, – it made me really just kind of realize that you just – Josh Heupel has done a great job this year. But we really don't know if he's the right guy for the job because, you know, Dan Mullen his first year did ter- did even better. And look, now he's getting fired. So and it's why I kind of mentioned last week with uh, the guy up at Michigan State. I, you know, he's had a great year. You can't, you can't pay that. And, and college administrators, they overreact too. It's like if you have a little bit of success early on, Fans and administrators just—they completely overreact, and you know they're ready. They were ready to give that guy at Michigan State nine million dollars a year. He could have got beat by a hundred points on Saturday. Yep, nine and a half. Yeah, I mean Ohio State could have hung a hundred on him. They could have. And so I, I just think I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just fans and the administrators are just so at some of these schools are so desperate for success are so hungry for success which is understandable but man it just looks like we just you don't really know you, you never really know and um 
you know, and now Florida's back to the drawing board. I, you know, I, I think somebody that would be interesting at Florida, obviously Lane Kiffin, uh, I think that would be an interesting thing. You talk about turning that rivalry, Tennessee-Florida rivalry, up a notch. At least Tennessee's fans' hatred for Florida. But, you know, Billy Napier, I, I don't know what he would do, but he is known as an elite recruiter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't know, Swain, that might be uh, – that might be interesting because yeah. I, I think you're going to have to have an elite recruiter. The way Kirby's recruiting, yeah, you gonna have to get some, uh, Josh Heupel too, man. Yeah, absolutely. you can't come. He, he got to turn it up. Heupel got to turn it up in recruiting. Um, Florida, Florida had to turn it up in recruiting. The thing about Mullen, guys, it's not it's not X's and O's with Mullen. Last year he was trying to go to the NFL. He didn't want to be there. Like he did not want to be there, and it it, it showed this season. Sometimes it's about fits. Maybe he didn't want to deal with boosters. Maybe he didn't want to deal with the AD. Maybe he got tired of dealing with the crap at Florida. But you can tell that he not he did not want to be there. He tried to go to the NFL last year, and the comments that he made this year, it was like he was trying to get fired. Like, come on, fire me so I can get. You know, my six million dollars in thirty days, and my twelve million, you know, dollars over a certain amount of time. Like, go ahead and fire me. I don't care. Fire me. Dan Mullen looked like he wanted to be fired, but Dan Mullen, his first year, went to the Peach Bowl after McElwain went four and seven. The next year, he went ten and three. Second in the East, went to the Peach Bowl. The next year was was last year where the team, no. The next year, 2019, he went 11 and two. Went to the Orange Bowl, won that, and then last year uh, they went eight and four. Um, wait a minute, that's not right either. Last year was he went eight and four last year. How did he eight and four? We don't play team. Pl- oh, SC championship SC game and game then bowl. That's right. That's right. That's right. SC championship in bowl. There you go. So last year he won eight. He went eight and four. Should have won more games. I agree with you there, Ben. You got all kind of talent on that offense. Uh, should not have lost four games, but he if 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 he actually wanted to be there, I think this season would have been a lot better for Dan Mullen. But he is quirky. He is weird, and I'm telling you, weird coaches, insecure coaches, phony coaches. This is not the time to coach in college football. NIL. Transfer portal, there's more power now for students. You will lose locker rooms quicker now than ever before. Hour two, coming up.